Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. get into all that joe how you doing my man i'm doing all right Brandon. how are you doing i'm doing okay i mean last night was a, a beat down but it wasn't the set most it wasn't the most embarrassing thing to happen in la uh chris rock probably takes that cake and uh <laughs> you know and the kings you know stave off embarrassment a little bit there will be no slapping on this podcast we'll put it through that <laughs> Virtually or otherwise. So, right. um, no, but it, it was it was brutal. It was one of those games where you're just like, well, let's just throw that away. And uh, the rain had one of those against San Diego. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but we got some other stuff coming up first. Let's start with the Frozen Four Faber. Faber's having quite a year. I know that we talked about him versus bronze versus Jersey, and this will probably be a debate for the next, I don't know, year or two years until maybe some of those guys get traded away. Uh, and, and then, you know, we're going to throw Clark in the mix and, and Clark's no, uh, no salt, man. He's full on cayenne pepper. I mean, he's going to, he's going to throw some, some wrinkles into the mix there. And so, uh, very, very interesting, but you can't knock the year that Faber's having, at least by the accomplishments of the, the, the massive amount of quality games he's getting put in. Yeah. That's a good way to put it too. Cause he's, he's seen time in, in huge games like pressure games, right? He for Minnesota here, as you, as you mentioned, they had to the Frozen Four in the Olympics. It, does it get any more pressure in the Olympics? I guess uh, representing your country, and he played very well there. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that that he's had a, a heck of a season. There's no question about it. And we talked about it on the Twitter space is not to get like too off of Brock Faber necessarily, but I guess it, it does kind of like inevitably lead to 
this right shot D situation, right, in L.A. It was talked about on Twitter spaces that, you know, Brant Clark, he's either going to be in June, back to junior or the NHL. He, he's going to be in the NHL, right? There's no way he can go back to junior. I mean, the only way that that happens, you know, there's two. I think there's another option, too. Can't he, in, if he doesn't play in the NHL, can he be loaned? Can he be loaned out? I don't. I haven't looked into that. Like where, like, hey, he gets loaned out, like he did, uh, you know, during COVID and played in Europe. But I, well, and so I don't know. I guess we'll. I'm I'd have to look into that. That's just something that came across my mind right now. Yeah. So, so the other part of this is with Faber, like he's expected right to come to and turn pro once his Minnesota season ends here. So if that's the case, and he goes to the Ontario Reign. They just picked up and acquired a couple of right shot D men at the at uh, you know the Kings did at the at their deadline, so I, I would imagine that they're gonna they would insert him in and they'll find a spot for him and that's but it's it's I'm I'm really just this whole right shot D situation with the Kings I'm just fascinated to see how it works out but for Faber he just continues to be and I remember that one of the it's not the first time I saw him but I really took notice of him. I want to say it was last year in this tournament, in the NCAA tournament. I'm like, man, this kid is, he's all over the ice, right? I mean, he's not an offensive defenseman, but he skates so well and he does move the puck well. Um, and his defensive game is just outstanding. So he he's a well-rounded defenseman. We've talked about it on the show. I question that if he hasn't been able to produce yet to expect the production to come, at the pro level, it seems unlikely to me. And not to say the production's everything, but when you have a crop of defensemen that can produce, in theory, right, with, with in, in the organization, that's why I tend to lean on Faber being the guy that if they do make a trade and there is a valuable piece, like I think he's seen as very valuable. And I think given the depth at the organization – it just seems to make the most sense to me, but I, I mean, that he's just, mean he's just under away. a half point per game though, just under a half point per game in, in the NCAA. Sure. I mean, and he had multiple points in the Olympics and he's playing top line minutes. I, I, I'll, I wouldn't say he's not producing. That's fair. That's uh, listen. And uh, I just, you look at, you know, Spence is a guy that, offense is his game, right? And Dursey has been shown to be an offensive defenseman. Clark is going to be an offensive defenseman. Grons, I think, could be as well-rounded as of the bunch uh, in terms of do, being able to do both. Um, so I just – I don't know. Like, is he Matt Roy or is, he, is there more offense there? Right. Is, like, is there also a, a, a realistic thing going to go on with with, uh, with Rob Blake and how, the, how close to the vest they've had their prospects? Will you have – Dowdy, uh, Roy, Dersey, and Clark, you know, next year if Wagner, if Walker gets traded. Mm -hmm. And then you have Faber, Granz, and Spence, you know, on the right side in in the AHL. And then you bring guys up for cup, cups of coffee with injuries and stuff like that. I mean, Faber could use a full year in the A. Yeah. I mean, and Granz is still progressing. I mean, the only person that's really lit it up all year long has been Spence, but number one power play in hockey. I mean, he's going to get assists when you have all those guys. So not saying that he didn't, wasn't a part of that. No, but. I, I like that. I honestly, I think the way you've kind of laid it out, but so if, unless I miss something there, Matt Roy's 
kind of the odd man out there because you had Dersey, Clark, Dowdy. And, and and Roy, I mean, it just depends on how they battle. I mean, and, and, and maybe, I think Clark will at least get nine games to see what he can play. And if he struggles, yes, then I, mean, I would just be stunned, I guess, if he goes back to junior. But maybe he does. I don't know. So, it, but the way you've laid that out, like it is conceivable. Like Gron should have another year in the AHL. Like there's, he's not ready for the NHL yet. He's only 19, but he's had a really good season. I would, I, th- I think, another year in the AHL is not going to kill Jordan Spence. Um, and I think a full season in Ontario would be good for Brock Faber too. So I kind of like the the way you've laid that out. I think the question is, 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 you know, Matt Roy or somebody is still an odd man out there. There's still seven of, well, really eight, if you include Walker, who we, we're just writing off and we assume is going to be out the door. But so there's eight of those guys, right, of right shot D. So something is going to have to give. And, and you figure if Walker goes – you know, what he brings back is probably going to be pretty minimal coming off of what he's coming off of. Which the Kings don't care. They just right. want to get his cap off the books. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess the way you've laid it out, there's a there's a path to not really needing to trade any of them. I would argue they do need to find a, a taker. Not a taker, that's the wrong way to put it. But a, a match because I think that if the Kings are going to make that big trade, whether it's for a top six forward, for a left shot D, whoever it is, it's probably going to come from the right side. That's just where their depth is. It's a tough position for teams to find, and they have an abundance of it. Um, so I, I know Blake has tended to be conservative, and he should have been, right? This is the time of the build, of the rebuild, of the re whatever you want to call it. But now's the time. Like right now, they're in second place as we record this in the Pacific division. So you look ahead to next year, like the expectation should be at least this and maybe even contend for the division title. And you're looking to make a, a deep run in the playoffs. So to do that, you need to make that next big move, right? Whatever the organization deems that is top six winger, top four left D. Do they want yeah. it? Do you think the Blake wants to get rid of Roy and the fact that, well, so no, have so no, many no, no, young no. guys on the right side. I mean, that's so, a separate question. So, I, and I, I think that's a good question. And I think it should be clear because I know like we, we throw this stuff out there, right? On our podcast, on the Twitter spaces, and our articles or whatever at Hockey Royalty about trade this guy, trade that guy. And I want to be very clear. Like it is not, I, do, I don't dislike Brock Faber. I don't dislike a lot of these guys. I'm just strictly looking at it from where the Kings are. And if there's a window that they see opening for a cup to get that impact, we'll call it, we'll just say Jacob Chikrin, right? Or an impact top six forward. You have to deal somebody. That could be Faber. That could be Spence. And I know that may sound crazy, but like at some point, something is going to have to give you. This is why you accumulate all these assets. So to answer your question, no, I don't think Blake, quote unquote, wants to trade probably any of them. But at some point, you're going to have to figure that out. And so Matt Roy, I've, I see as a very valuable, you know, on that third pair on a really good team, defenseman. I just don't know what his value is in the league, across the league. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a favor or a Spence has more trade value to other teams than Roy does. So I know people say, well, Roy should we'll just move Roy, but I don't know. What I think those are two different. Is. I think those are two different trades though. Like if you're, if you're trading Roy away 
you're trading him to make room because you have better options coming up. But he's too good for if that. He's too if good to trade, if, I think, for just to if make you're room. trading, well, I mean, but too good in what aspect? Because then, like you said, Jersey's earned his spot this year. Clark is NHL or bust. And then you also have Clark's best asset is him on the power play. Is he going to be playing power play time over over Dowdy and and Jersey? Are they going to have? Are they going to run two defensemen similar to how San Jose runs their power play with Burns and and Carlson because their defensemen are their most dynamic mm-hmm. playmakers? And so, like you're going to have a lot of options. It just seems because they're so stacked that Clark is going to almost have to dazzle in those first nine games and earn a spot and it's not going to be clearly given to him which i know fans are going to be pissed about because they want to see shiny toys play and they're like oh well look at all these young guys doing well this year and by all accounts i just posted today on my twitter you know clark's averaging over a point per game in the ohl francisco pinelli averaging over a point per game and he he won't sniff the kings next year he'll probably go back to the o but like these prospects are playing well, and eventually some of them are going to have to sink or swim. You're well, looking at the Champagne line is doing fantastic so far. Since and that's, been back. Why I, I, that's why I think that it, the time is now. The time is this offseason for, for Blake to make that big move. Yeah. And I don't know, again, you know, Forsberg fits the bill as that top six forward who's available because he's, at least right now, a pending UFA. So that, but that doesn't require trade at the least. That just requires cash, right? So, I would tr- personally, personally, I would try to keep Roy. I would try to keep Granz because I think Roy is a valuable piece to have. The way he well, plays, yeah. Let's let's bring it back Ron. to Faber though, and how sure, it affects sure. the rate. Let's do sure. that because I think that's a more impressive question. And and so if he down the stretch, uh, Rain have a little bit over ten games. The Frozen Four gets played, I believe, this Saturday. So. Uh, it'll be a week before um, they he sniffs any time uh, coming up. So, you know, you're looking at maybe a, a defenseman down the stretch. They brought on these two guys that are veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they don't even need favor. I've also heard rumors from other Kings creators that if they don't win the national championship, that favors thought about staying. So who knows if he's even a lock to come in over after the NCAA tournament, but it would definitely help. I mean, you're looking, he's a different defenseman than what they have over there. He could easily slot in as their second right D. So I think, I think he could be a top four defenseman for Ontario. So Helge Granz. Definitely help the power play or the penalty kill. Yeah. Helge Granz. You look at the right side. It's Helge Granz, Allard and Noje. Allard and Noje, the two guys they just brought in. I don't think that, that the Kings or the Kings organization you know, if Faber comes in, he's going to play, and he's going to play probably top four minutes, I would say. So, I I I think he should come. Like, I now again, again, if he, if he says, you know, they he wants to take another kick at the can with Minnesota if they don't win this thing, I get that. But if he does, they're supposed um, to have the number one recruitment class this year, and so and they're bringing back a lot of guys, so they have a chance to be the number one, yeah, team in hockey so, next year. So I totally respect that decision but if he wants to come to ontario he can play <laughs> like yeah. it's it's not as if this is the ontario rain that has jersey spence and Grands on the right side blocking him like this is Grands, and then two guys they just brought in so yeah. he can play that said i mean you know spence will be back for playoffs he's at least eligible to come back for playoffs mm-hmm. so but I, but no I, I i think that there's a spot for him if if he does decide to come Speaking of spot, uh, we got help between the pipes. So David Rennick uh, from St. Cloud State 
gets uh, gets the ELC one year because of his age and, and everything like that. Interesting story here is that uh, the NCAA allowed uh, players to come back for an extra season because of COVID. So what would have been uh, kind of like left out in the cold, um, he earns a, a contract that he didn't have, that the Kings did not give him at the end of last uh, season. Uh, because he got to play another year. He, his stats very good. Led the team to uh, uh, the NCAA tournament again. Uh, 31 games, 2.26 GAA, uh, 0.914 goals against. Uh, and so, you know, every single year in college, uh, a two point, uh, under under 2.67 like oh, goals against average and over uh, 906 save percentage. And so for St. Cloud State, obviously they're a little bit of a, of a – uh, powerhouse most years, but definitely quality there uh, in between the pipes. And we've talked about it uh, at nauseum a little bit this season that there hasn't really been a clear backup. Well, You're giving me a look on the camera that I that I said something wrong. What's up? No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, so what I was what I was doing is I was taking notes and jotting down. It's like he just adds to this like crop of so there's Valalta who's has the reins as the rain starting goaltender pun not intended there um sparks who was that veteran backup but he's hurt again so they just called up lucas preak and the reason i was making that face is they just yesterday brought back up jacob ingham so now you have preak ingham Haranek, and obviously lethaman is is still down and and so i i just i don't know how this is going to shake out I, I i honestly i'm i'm not sure i can only assume that what's going on with sparks is enough to maybe he could be out for a while mm-hmm. to where they, they, they're going to bring in another, another goaltender. So I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll be totally honest and transparent here. I just, I just don't know where the rain, how the Kings see him fitting into the rain. Right. Cause well, again, they didn't see him fitting in last year and he earned it again this year. He, he did, he did. But so they, they just yesterday, you know, Jacob Ingham is up. Lucas Preak was already up. I want to see what happens tomorrow. So they play an early game tomorrow. You know, perhaps we'll get some hint there. Valalta, there's a he, Valalta's playing every game right now. He played the back-to-back. Maybe they're going to give him a rest here because they got a couple of games. They, get, they play tomorrow, and then they play again on Friday. I want to say Friday and Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know they play Saturday. I believe it's Friday and Saturday too. Yeah, they pl- they play a doubleheader against uh, Colorado. I think so. They may be looking at an opportunity to give Volalt a little bit of a puff here and and not even dress him, right? And totally just not even worry about it and and dress Parikh and Ingham or Haranik or however. I, I, I'm very curious to see how he fits in the whole scenario that they have going on right now. Yeah, I don't know how you see it, but it's it's there's a, there's there's a lot of goalies right now, and I know we've talked about it as Kings fans like it's not a position of strength in the organization. There's a lot of them, but I don't know who you're hanging your hat on. Yeah, it's not a position of strength because you saw Yanetti say that we were up into the twenties for a certain player, and that player you know now has been not all, pretty much confirmed by shadow government, <laughs> it was Jesper Wallstadt, you know, the, the, the premier goalie out of Sweden, who I thought was reasonable for their top 10 pick. And so, um, you know, cause I thought that was their, their weakest need. 
there. I, I know you're not a big fan of the yeah. first round goalies, but if you look at last playoffs, the last four goalies in the tournament were all first round goalies. And so I think the stigma isn't as bad as it used to be, uh, but just because there's the amount of teams have full goalie coaches now, uh, where before it was just kind of, hey, like, let's throw you out there and I hope you survive. Uh, now they have full staffs dedicated to that stuff. But to bring it back to the to the rain is that the, all the other goalies in the system behind Volalta and even Volalta to a little bit has been up and down a, a little bit, uh, has or had his down spots this year, which is fine because he's been getting peppered with only over 30 plus shots a game, having to do a lot of these back to back. So I, I get it. Uh, but they haven't had anybody else step up. Parikh has had a couple games and then disasters, eating him a couple games and then disasters. If you look at Hrennik stats, like they've been consistent his entire collegiate career. I know NCAA isn't the AHL, but St. Cloud State ain't no slouch and they play good teams all the time. He flat out carried them last season. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking at it like, okay, well, this guy's riding high off of confidence. He just earned this ELC. Let's give him some games down the stretch. I mean, I assume Valalta is going to get every game in the playoffs, but you know, let's rest him. The rain are in. So I don't know how much seeding affects this tournament uh, besides home games, but ultimately, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want Faber to, or not Faber, but uh, Velalta to speak doing back to backs for the rest of the season and, and have weak legs going into the dance. So I think that's what it is. And, and is listen, Velalta's Velalta's a starter, right. For, for the important games as we go here on out. And I agree. Like, he is the range starter right now, but I don't know that he's necessarily the guy that's the top prospect of the bunch. If that does that make sense? You see what I'm getting at there? Like I don't yeah. know. That, that, so who has the highest ceiling? I mean, he hasn't. Yeah, right. like so. I think that they're going to take some stabs. I know we talked to uh, Wheeler a little bit early, way earlier in the season. Said there's really no first round, or he would say even uh, hard pressed to find a second round talent. Uh, in this year's draft, and then next year is just loaded with other other positions and not goalie as well. So, I mean, I know Quick was a third rounder, but you're going to have to take a couple stabs. And I'm fine with because the cover is so deep everywhere else. I'm we've said this already. I'm fine with them taking one uh, stab a year until they get some guy that just really takes the ring. Because you have the other guy out of Finland as well, Hugo Markinen, which I believe right. they took in the fourth round. And so I'm fine with them taking dart throws because some it, it seems that the goalie position right now for the Kings is a bunch of dart throws. And so, well, um, you know, cause I, even Cal Peterson all the way up to the Kings level ha- hasn't just full on taken the reins away from sure. Jonathan quick. And it seems like that's trickling down to where nobody's just grabbing the pipes by the horn, so to speak. Uh, and, and just earning this spot. I know it's Volalta spot to lose as of now, but going into camp next season, I think it's still fair game for anybody. So do I. And you know what though? Like, I would, I'm okay taking that spot, like, or, or that shot in the draft, if you will. But when you look at Volalta, Parikh, Ingham, Lathaman, Hranic, you mentioned the, uh, the Finn, like, there's, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys, whether it's Parikh or Ingham or whoever, one of these guys evolves into a pretty good goaltender and like an NHL goalie. So, because these, they, it's so, it's such a difficult position, I think, to, to project and to predict. So I'm okay with what the Kings have right now. Um, and it was just looking at, you mentioned the seeding. So it, they're, they're six points back of Stockton and Stockton has a game in hand. I think that first in the Pacific gets a buy and that first, they don't have to play 
that first round. So that does matter, but I, I don't think they're catching Stockton, okay? That said, there's six points up with two games in hand on Colorado, so they're not losing second. So really, they're they're finishing second in this division. You could find days here to give Volalta time off and give, you know, like you mentioned, give, give Hrannik a game or two and see what he looks like at this level and start to mix in some other guys because I think um, – they're probably pretty comfortable in second place right now. So with what a dozen games left, 13 games left, um, you know, they got three games in four days coming up. Volalta should probably only play one of them. He's played a ton of hockey here. Get him an extra puff because he's going to see the lion's share as they get to the playoffs. So. Yeah. 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 So Finland sends over some gifts uh, this week. Uh, in the form of two players, uh, Samuel Hellenius and Kim Nusayanen. Uh Let's go with, uh, let's start with Kim here. So Kim was uh, dropped in the fourth round in 2019 at 119th overall by the Kings. Uh, you're looking at, he's signed to an uh, ATO contract, so not officially given an ELC, uh, but able to come over. He's 5'9", a buck 70, at least when he was drafted, 21 years old. Left shot. So we got all these uh, thick right shot guys, but we, he's a left shot. Uh, for Calpa this year in Liga, uh, had uh, four goals and uh, 10 assists, 14 points in 35 games, was a plus uh, or had 22 PIMs and was a minus three uh, for, for Calpa, but wore a letter this year uh, with, with the big club. So that's something that we like to see. Um, any chance, I mean, this was kind of unexpected for me at least, uh, any chance to, to kind of watch some tape or are you just going based off of his draft profile on what he's going to bring to this team? I know I have watched a little bit of his up uh, some tape over him over there in in Finland. I'm listen. I think of all of the group of players that that the Ontario Reign are getting, I think he's had a shot here to get a to get real minutes and mm-hmm. potentially PP two minutes. Like, look at the left side of the Reign defense right now. It's Cameron Gons, Hickey, and then Casestool. I, I don't think that there's a, a huge obstacle for him here. Like Casey stool has been a guy that, you know, full marks to him. He's been here since I believe early January. Not the Norwegian. I know we've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've talked about him on this pod. Like I give that kid full credit. He's even, you know, moved up and played forward in, in a pinch. So, but you have a King's prospect. I, I, he's got a shot. Like you look at his, his tape and you look at what he can do. He's really good in the offensive zone. He's a, he's, um, good with his lateral movements, especially on the power play over there in, in Finland. Like I think he's got a shot to play some decent minutes and maybe some PP two time. Cause I figure Grimes is going to run PP one and you look at like the rest of their D core. None of them are really offensive defensemen. Like he potentially could be, yeah. um, you know, that's not Gaunt. And I wouldn't be surprised the fact that, so they moved Marcus Phillips. They probably knew this was coming. Like they were going to get another left shot D here in the not so distant future. So I actually, of all the guys that they've brought over, he's the one I'm most intrigued about. I don't know what to necessarily expect. I'll be very curious and maybe we'll find out as early as tomorrow morning, but this is a player that I think could see some time on the left side. I don't think there's anybody that's blocking him. And I think, they're missing that offensive defenseman that he, he has the capability to bring. 
Yeah, different different set of skills uh, going on there. You don't know what Hickey's going to be doing for the Islanders if he gets brought back up. So then that gives you a little bit of extra padding on the left side. Um, and then, you know, you're looking at getting, I mean, you know, Castestool's been doing well, uh, but this, you know, not Nusayanin's your toy. Like it's, he's, right. he's your guy. So getting him <clears throat> those types of minutes, um, the AHL is a little bit of a jump up from, uh, from Liga. Uh, so we'll see how that's working out. The ice is a little bit different as well. So over, over in Europe, so maybe they're kind of just seeing what he can do, but he does add offensive uh, ability from the left side. He doesn't again, like we just said, like I don't, it, it would be a lot for them to move up or down. So they're, like I said, they're probably finishing second. This next dozen games is a great opportunity to throw him in and see what he can do. And it really not affect the standings or their playoff position one way or the other. I, I, I like him. I think he's going to be an interesting player. Yeah, it's, it, it'd be, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, we haven't. I haven't seen anything of whether they've landed or have been at practice yet, uh, or are going to play tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> yep. the games that uh, we're re- we're recording this live on YouTube on a Tuesday night, and the games Wednesday at I think 10 a.m. Pacific. So um, you know, we'll see if they they are suited up. And they is the other guy with Samuel Hellenius. So Samuel Hellenius uh, was drafted in this year's draft. Uh, in the second round, 59th overall, massive 6'6", 201. Mm-hmm. I think that's underselling him. He's probably closer to 210, 215. Uh, but having a decent year uh, in, in Liga with uh, three uh, three goals, six assists, nine points, also wearing a letter uh, for JYP at, at this young of age, 19 years old, wearing a letter in, in Liga, and then went over to the World Juniors and was lighting it on fire, him and Casper Simon Tyvel on the same line, uh, until that, that tournament uh, you know, came to a halt. Uh, but I'm really intrigued where they go here, just adding another center. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to translate to wing. They really like him down the middle. So where does that kind of push everybody else in your, in your mind? Uh, but that, if they play him at center... Does that make a keel go to wing, you think? Either that or Pavlichev out of the lineup. Yeah, that's I. Those are the two options for me, um, and I kind of lean Pavlichev out of the lineup, or maybe they move Pavlichev. He may have played wing actually, Pavlichev early in the season on an off game. I, I could be off on that, but that um, might be the tallest line in the history of the <laughs> AHL if you keep both <laughs> on the same line. <laughs> and and the other guy they brought over, Andre Lee, who's yeah. who's, who's now coming to play. He's a big boy too. Um, Hellenius taught the over six six line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hellenius, Pavlichev, and Lee. What a line that would be. They should put that together just for our sake. The skyscraper line. Yeah, humor us. But Lee, like or Lee Hellenius, I should say. So, I the Rain have one of the worst penalty kills in the AHL, and this is not to say that this young kid coming from Finland is going to save the penalty kill. But he's a player that can effectively play the penalty kill. He's a good defensive center. He's a two hundred foot player. Um, and I look at there's two things. Like I look at the write-up that Scott Wheeler did in his most recent, um, you know, in the pipeline rankings, you know, Hellenius wasn't ranked very high for the case. He was all the way down to 18th. And I think the reason is, is guys this size, they don't, you just don't see them make it that often. 
Let's be honest, right? The, the Brian Boyles, if you will, they, they, they don't make it very often. That said, for the rain, he could be really effective as a two-way forward and as a penalty killer. Uh, and he mentioned in his write-up that he's a guy that the coaches love him. He's a heck of a teammate. And they feel that they can trust him into winning battles and playing defensively. And the other part of this where I was going was watching him in the World Juniors. He was really good as a defensive forward, particularly on the penalty kill. So I'd be interested to see if the rain bring him in and try to integrate him relatively quickly on the penalty kill because it's been a sore spot for the team and maybe give the likes of a Fagimo who's played some PK time, Jared Anderson Dolan who's played some PK, maybe maybe give them scale back a little bit on their PK minutes, give it to a guy like Hellenius and have them a little bit more well-rested for, you know, five-on-five five play. So I think Hellenius is an interesting forward that he brings in. That there's, there's a crop of forwards here in Ontario right now, but a lot of them are relatively new, right? Because mm-hmm. you look at who's in the NHL right now, Kapari, yeah. Byfield, Velarde, all guys that can be back down for playoffs, by the way. So how it shakes out come playoff time versus right now, We'll see, but he's going to get an opportunity to perhaps, you know, uh, have a positive influence on the penalty kill. Well, if all those guys keep playing the way they do, they might be up in the Kings for the playoffs. Well, and let's hope the Kings have a deep run in the playoffs to keep them there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I really like this kid's game. Like I said, in, in the World Juniors, he was tearing it up, uh, showing mm-hmm. offensive ability as well as defensive ability. He brings something different with his size and his defensive acumen. Um, uh, you know, the rain are known for all their forwards being more offensive minded. Kill Thomas is 200 foot. You know, Anderson Dolan has some defensive skill. Uh, Samuel Fagimo has been progressing in that area mm-hmm. and Turcott is known more for the defense, but they are all drafted high and have that offensive expectation where Hellenius can just, like you said, play the, the PK, come in there, grind, use his side, lean on people, especially in the AHL where the, the league is a little bit bigger than the NCAA. It's a little bit bigger than, uh, you know, the 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 OHL and everything like that. So having that big body in there, and and maybe they get the Bash brothers together with uh, him and Baby Giraffe, and uh, and go at some at some people. But um, I, I like it. So uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. There's five forwards now. In fa- so I should be clear. I don't know the extent of Tyler Madden, his injury, mm-hmm. or Turcotte's injury. They've been out for a bit now, so I don't I don't know what they're when when they're projected to come back. But you look at there's those two. Ferk has missed the last game. Now you've got Hellenius and Lee. That's five forwards. Like, not to mention the three in Ontario or excuse me, Los Angeles. There's eight, there's potentially eight forwards that could come in to the lineup at some point. Yeah, that's that's fascinating to me. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know you've got, I mean, Jacob Doty has been in and out. Pavlichev has been in and out. Wagner, and Ward, and Ward is starting to look good too. Ward, Ward's been really good. I thought, I mean, he's playing alongside Tyne and Figimo. I think he's looked really good. So I don't like Kachet. I don't, I, I'm, I don't know where they go with this lineup. Now, again, I don't know also if like, some of these moves are hints that maybe Madden and Turcotte are going to be out for a bit. I, 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 I it's total speculation on my part. I, 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 I don't really know, but um, you know what yeah. I could see this. Be, I could see this being. It's like I don't know if you've seen Endgame, but 
It's like, you know, they, they're, they're fighting Thanos and then all of a sudden you see like these rings opening up and like all like thousands of warriors come in. Like, <laughs> like if the Kings get knocked out in the first round and you get like eight guys just dumped into the rain for another playoff, <laughs> another playoff run, like you're looking at like, you know, Avengers mount up here. Like you just have all these guys coming in and uh, the rain just have to hold on a little bit until these guys can get there. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But again, I, I don't know, like... <sighs> I feel like they know this. They know the situation, they being the organization. So maybe it's too speculative, but reading between the lines, I, I wonder if Madden and Turcotte are a little bit more dinged up than, you know, than maybe we want to believe. I don't know. Yeah. Or are they just like, hey, like we can do this and just give ourselves as much padding as possible because this rain team is special and they can make a deep run. So why not just pad for every single opportunity here um, and, and go from there? You know, if, if, I mean, the worst thing that happens, Hellenius comes over, Nusayana comes over, they play four or five games before the playoff time. All these guys come back down and they don't actually play. No big deal. It wouldn't be a big deal for me. Like they, Then they compete in camp. But if that doesn't happen, say the Kings make a run, that champagne line stays intact even after the injuries uh, returns from, from the Kings standpoint because they've been playing very well, they, then it gives you more players to pump in for the rain to where both can have successful runs which is what Kings fans would want. Yes. Right. I mean, exactly. I mean, hopefully LA has a good run and, and hopefully like this, and this isn't like the way the rain are right now, this lineup is not the same rain team, obviously, as it was a month or two ago. This is not the same dominant rain team that we saw earlier in the season. This is a team that is vulnerable. If we're being honest, like they're missing a ton of guys that were huge contributors and we've talked about their depth and they have it, but when you're missing the talent that they're missing, be it call up or injury, you know, a, a, a first round series win is not exactly like a lock anymore. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but this is a different roster right now. Well, we'll see how it works out here. Let's, uh, let's get over to our friends here at DraftKings. Uh, for our commercial break here. The NHL season has been uh, packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You still have a shot to light that lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. That's THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Wyoming, and West Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777. Visit uh, httpccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-O. 
why in New York, visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 years of age applies except for in New Hampshire and Wyoming, 18 or older. Physically present to win in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, and West Virginia. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. CHTTP colon slash slash DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Well done. It's going to be second nature at this time, my man. I'm doing it. So what wasn't second nature is the the beating that the the rain took at the hands of the goals. Uh, so let's get to that game. I know it's sandwiched in between two uh, Grand mm-hmm. Rapids games, but this one, uh, you know, we just got our face kicked in. But there was some positives from it that I want to hit. Mainly in the first period, the guy that I've been kind of harping on, a lot of fans have been harping on, Kill Thomas gets his first goal of the season. Handed up for a kill right there. Uh, much needed elation on his face uh and uh gets that goal in the first period yeah and you could see yeah he you could see the it was relief i think right the his reaction to the goal um you needed that i mean they were down to nothing at the time and they had a five on three power play so there was a penalty the goals took and i believe it was a face-off violation that led to the five on three, if I'm not mistaken. So they had pretty much two full minutes worth of five on three. Um, and they actually went with five forwards. They had Tynan, Anderson, Dolan. Thomas was in the middle. Uh, and then Kachev at the left point, Figimo at the right circle. So they went with five forwards, which not too surprising when you look at the fact that they've got Dursey and Spence up in Los Angeles. So, um, and, and they did a nice job. It was They ended up creating a situation in front of the net. There was a scramble. Thomas pokes it in. So relief, he was, it was important for him to get off the board. He's played pretty well of late. Um, Pucks just haven't fallen. So that was nice to see that he, that he gets one. But unfortunately it was, it was probably the only, the only positive of the game that we could take. Yeah. Interesting game here. If you just look at the blind stats and you weren't watching it, I mean, we outshot San Diego 43, 26, we didn't allow our power play goal, so it only took three penalties all game. So it was just kind of puzzling, you know, to see, you know, this our, our team get hounded here. But Ole Erickson Eck has uh, every. It seems like every game he plays is tough, no matter no matter how well his team is playing in front of him. And the first period, like it was awesome. The King, er, the Kings, the rain outshot him twelve to four. And again, I know they had the 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 lengthy five on three, but. Leading up to that, like it was a really good period for Ontario. It was a bit unfortunate to find themselves um, to find themselves down to nothing. And the first one was just a it was just a giveaway. Like it, it was a, a a dump in by the gulls. No Jay just it was not. Uh, he went up the wall and gave the puck away. And there was a throw in front of the net. Went off a player in front. El Venice, I think it was, and into the net. It was a fluke goal. Not much you could do. Um, and then the second was just a bad bounce. Like it was, a, it was a dump in behind the net. It takes a really strange bounce behind the net off of Valalta. It ends up in front and it's just kind of poked in by Limoges to, which was basically an empty net. Like it was a two relatively fluky goals and you're down two goals, uh, two nothing. Um, but they ended up, you know, getting one back on the power play, but couldn't get much going, uh, the rest of the way. And the, the power play coming into that game, was three for its last 20. It's something we've talked about 
you know, on this show that the power plays been struggling a bit. You got Spence now back up with the Kings for a while now. And the power play is not clicking the way it was. I mean, we've dropped close to seven points percentages. Uh, they were over, I think they were at one point at around 32%. And now we're down at 259 and we're still first in the division. So it's not like comparatively to the rest of the division, we're still doing well. But I mean, it used to be any penalty by the other team, that was a goal. And with the, the PK woes, which incidentally has gotten a little bit better, at 76.6%, we're seventh. Um, you know, it kind of made up for that. And so hopefully they can get uh, off the schneid and, and get some of these guys back. But like I said, we want Velarde and Kapari and Byfield playing with the Kings if they're playing well. And it's just yep. going to be something that the Reign are going to have to deal with, uh, you know, for the rest of the season and into the playoffs as long as those guys are, are with the big club. Yeah, and they're going to have to figure out a way to get this power play going. And and one thing I didn't mention before when talking about the left shot D is Christian Wolanin was out this game with an illness. And I don't think he played last game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's another one that's going to be in that left side mix. He's seen some power play time normally in the second unit for the rain. Um, so he'll be somebody that will be key to get back in on the blue line. But, yeah, it was it was a game. Again, this is a it's a game where – they're missing firepower, right? The the rain are human. Where for most of the season they were so good and so dominant and just could score almost at will. Where right now, though, it's it's like I said, it's a different roster. It's a different team right now. Um, especially when you you know you take Furk out of the lineup because he's been, you know, he's missed the last couple of games. So it, it's 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 a tough lineup right now. You take that nuclear shot out of any equation, you're going to be not as good on the power play. Particular in the power play, right? So let's. I mean, we can just scratch that out of our mind, but it's something to put, you know, or scratch that game off the books. But you know, keep it in the back of our mind that this might be something that the the rain might have to win games different ways until the power play gets settled. Where before they were just an absolute juggernaut. It's not like the the stats are lowering for the main guys, right? TJ Tynan still 81 points on the year tied for first place there with uh, quite a bit less games. So he's still in the race for MVP, 68 assists on the season. But, you know, when you're missing the power play one guy in Spence, which that might get sorted out here in a little bit uh, when people get back from injury with Dowdy and Roy, I I envision that he will be the one that is the casualty and gets sent back down since he was part of that paper transaction allowing him to do so. Uh, But who knows? I mean, people are saying that it's an unknown amount of time for both those guys. Uh, on the right side and so we'll see how the, you know when that uh that will t- uh, tip in that direction but like you said they're pretty much locked into second place outside of some catastrophe going on uh for either the heat or for the rain and so well they got it it'll be a good time to tinker with that and see what other options they have to get it moving in case spence isn't available for for the playoffs i really want to see what what new Sayanin can look like honestly um I think he's a he's a uh, an intriguing defenseman. We talked about him earlier, but I, I I would like to see what he can do on the power play. Let's move it on here. Let's go to Grand Rapids. Here we had two games, uh, you know, sam- uh, sandwiched on the outside of of that goals game. Let's start with the first one here on Tuesday, the twenty second. Uh, Rain six two against Grand Rapids, uh, and Ferk gets it up with a with right in the beginning of the game. It's in. Uh, from Tynan and Ward getting his first assist of uh, the season. 
Yeah, and and Ward, <laughs> hey, they they put him up there pretty much right away. Um, and he's asserted himself. He's a guy that's involved in the play. He had three assists this game. Um, he's looked very good. He's fit right in, I think, on that top line. And, you know, there's been an opening, right? I mean, you've got with with even when FERC is in, you know, they were looking for that, that you know, Braden Burke's been up there a couple of times. They, they've had other guys sprinkled up there with Turcott out, Madden out. Like, they're just, there's that many more spots available so he's taking it and he's at four points in these last three games and i think he's looked i think he's looked pretty good i think he's looked pretty good he's he's playing a role um and what i mean tj tynan again he picks up you know two more assists in that period a goal and two assists that period Ferk picks up three points i mean th- that line obviously kind of carried this team they also chipped in in the third period as well so um it was a big a big game from their top line yeah huge game from the top line uh Dominic Shine gets his ninth of the year, makes it two to one rain. But you look at three goals in the last two minutes. What a flurry to end the first period. Yeah, it was kind of hectic, right? It was it was a pretty hectic end of the period. Um, but again, again, it's, it's we I, I I don't want to take for granted TJ Tyne. I don't know how long he's gonna be in the organization, but man, what a player he is to watch. You know, and he again is you mentioned he's over 80 points. He's over, you know, he's going to push, you know, 70 assists here soon. It's, it's, um, it's impressive what he's doing to see him game in and game out and see what he's doing. It's impressive. Yeah, very much so. And so, I mean, it's just, if we have the MVP of the league last year and might to be back to back, you know, we'll see whether he stays or he goes to a team maybe with his last shot uh, to get some pro time, but, uh, definitely going to help us uh, if he's on his game. Can help us ride to a Calder Cup there. Let's move on to the second period. Aiden Dudas, uh, you know, an unsung hero of the team, gets his ninth of the year, and Brett Kemp uh, gets a rare game and gets his first assist of the season uh, with, in eleven thirty-two into the second period. Yeah, he started to see a little bit more time, but then you know they bring in Ward, they bring in uh, Irulo, uh, and now they've got. We just talked about there's a handful of guys coming in, so I, you know, and then they ended up. I believe he was the one of the ones that was shipped out. Um, lead, was he one of the ones that now I'm drawing a complete blank and I might be, I'm sorry, I might be getting him confused with somebody else, but um, I, I don't know that we're going to see too much more out of him. Um, but Dudas is a guy who at the start of the season, I, don't, I, I thought there was going to be like a, a, maybe breakouts too strong of a word, but I kind of was excited about what he could bring the release that he has with his shot. Um, you know, he, he's got nine goals on the season. It's been a – maybe it's a situation where if there was – if it was a different setup where there weren't so many other, you know, big-time talented prospects around him that he may have had uh, some looks and in, in, in bigger roles on other teams. But um, he's just kind of pushed down a little bit given the amount of talent that's on this team. Um, but he's, he's a good prospect. Uh, it was good to see him uh, put one in here. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, you know that a guy that that the Kings already have a, a box ticked, and they just signed him to another two year extension. With, and Blake Lazat, he's that similar style player that that pest, the smaller guy, the guy that's going to agitate, has some offensive skill. Kings already have that off off the market, and so I think he's going to be a guy that's probably going to be maybe looking for another organization that he can get some time and maybe get a shot at it fourth line in the NHL. I, I doubt that he stays. 
with the rain, unless he just likes it here and he figures, hey, like let's just earn a paycheck where I'm comfortable. But uh, he's still young enough to try to maybe push for a shot on a team that isn't as talented uh, for that fourth line role in in with the big club. And so, you know, um, we'll see if he stays with the team. But you know, definitely a quality player. It seems like a good guy, a locker room guy that everybody likes, and uh, just clogged with forwards in this organization and, you know, probably needs to go to a spot that maybe he can get some time, you know, I mean, Seattle doesn't have a lot of prospects, right. And, uh, you know, try to get some time there as they're rebuilding, but they also have a crap ton of cap next year. So they could fully on buy whoever they wanted to, if they want, you know, if they want to have a big off season. So we'll see how that goes, but um, you know, he's going to play a good role here coming down the stretch with having that experience and, and, and his, uh, you know, 200 foot game there defensively as well is is going to help the the rain in the playoffs. He's playing top six role. Like he he's played on the second line with Anderson Dolan and Kachev. Um, depending on how they, you know, I know it, it it shuffles around quite a bit these days, but you know he he's starting to see some more minutes because there's been so many guys that are out of the lineup. Um, so it's nice to see with a little bit more added time that he puts a puck in the net and. I'll just it was it was Burke I, for whatever reason I had confused Burke with Kemp, uh, probably because they both came over in the last off season. But it was Burke that, that was traded for Allard, not Kemp, obviously. Yeah. So let's uh, move it on here to the third period. Uh, Tynan Ward and Furk uh, get their uh, third goal of the or fourth goal of the game uh, for that line, uh, and puts it up there for six to two. Just a pretty dominating win. Defense only allowed twenty six shots on Matt Valalta, two goals. It uh, just seemed kind of just a punishing uh, game from front to back. Stars for the game were Ferk tying with four points each, and the third star of the game was Ward, uh, which you could imagine by the, the considering the line got four goals uh, this game. 11 points out of your top line, that'll do it, right? They carried that, the team that particular game. If we could see that from the Kings, I think a lot of fans would be happy. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the, the second game, which was just this Sunday, 4-3 win over, over the over the Griffins there. Uh, starts 1-0 uh, in the first with uh, Fagimo uh, tying in to Kachev uh, with a power play goal. Uh, you know, Ontario didn't have a power play uh, goal the last game, even though they went 6-2. Uh, they were 1-5 for five this game, but started off hot uh, with that with that shot from Fagimo. Yeah, and so going into the – because this game was the second of that sandwich you mentioned with um, – there was the two Grand Rapids games. San Diego was in the middle. And going into that San Diego game, they were three for 20 um, on the power play. And then they ended up scoring a power play goal in the first period. So they, that makes them four for 22. And they didn't score the rest of that game. And here they – so they get one with Fagimo in the first period, but then they go all for the next four again. I, I just – the power play is like the rest of the rain team right now. It's human. But uh, it was good to see Fagimo get one in that first period there because – they're gonna. He he's a guy that they're gonna look to counter as long as Ferk. I don't know. Hopefully he's not out very long, but as long as Ferk is uh, is missing time, they're gonna need Sammy Fagimo because he's gonna play that left circle, right? He's the shooter now uh, on that first unit. So um, and you saw Tynan and Kachev get the assists. Like that's Fagimo is the guy that they're gonna look to, to to put the buck and then the power play when when Ferk's out. Definitely, definitely. So so let's move it on here into the second period. A little back and forth action, but the defense carrying the point scoring with Cameron Gantz getting his fourth of the season and Thomas Hickey with his fifth goal. Vladimir Kachev silently with his 20th and 21st of the season. 
came in super hot and then kind of got a lot of healthy scratches. But every time he's come into the game, he's quietly getting assists here, assists there. And uh, you wonder, you know, this will be an offseason question. Is he going to stay here? Is he going to go back to the, the K? Is he going to try another team that maybe has more availability, uh, i.e. the, you know, the Seattle Kraken or maybe the Red Wings or, or you know, Montreal, some team like that that might uh, have a little bit more openings with the big club to really get a longer look than a couple games. Uh, but definitely helping the rain in the second period here with uh, two assists. Hey, man, he's he's an enigma. And, you know, maybe in a different scenario where the Kings didn't have just so many players in the organization that seem, seemingly every position, um, that he just didn't get – you know, he had a short look in the NHL to start of the season. He's had an I'd say he's had a fine AHL season. That said, you know, he had a stretch there where he was healthy scratch for some games too. It's not like he was a a lock to be an everyday player or every I don't think that was because of play though. I think that was just because the cupper was so stacked. Well that but but like yes, but at the end of the day, if he was that good, if he's playing that well, he's gonna play. I think. So I see what you're saying, but I, I that part of that is his play. Like if he was, if he was playing that well, then he was probably going to see some time, but I mean, he's, even, he's outside. So for guys that have played more than just like a, a game or two, yeah, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five. He's sixth on the team in points per game. Like played like, like, so I, I don't know what's going on. Like to me, his defensive is not that bad. Like he's definitely offensive forward, but you guys, I mean, you need those guys and the power play has been struggling. He helps out on that aspect. Um, you know, he could help the Kings on that aspect as well. I mean, not that he'll ever get that time with, you know, them going to the players that we mentioned before, but like, I, I don't understand him getting healthy scratch. And I don't think it was for play. I think it was for some other reasons, which I don't know what they could be. Well, I, I guess that right. I mean, you're right. It, it probably was just because of the amount of guys that they had. But at the end of the day, like if he was playing that well, they brought him over here. Yeah, I, I imagine he's going to play. But I, he he's and he's such a he's an interesting player. I don't know what I, I assume that this is the end of the road for him as far as the Kings organization goes. You know, hopefully it ends well and it ends at a Calder Cup, right? But yeah, I, I don't I don't see him being brought to Los Angeles and. I, you know, I, I don't know that at this point it, I can't blame him. Like, that's not the time. Um, he just hasn't had – there's obviously something not there with him that, that they want to be. So Yeah, hopefully uh, Kirill Kirasanov can uh, break this bad luck of Russians for the for the L.A. Kings, uh, you know, the draft pick uh, there. and uh, But, yeah, just the not, not, not a lot of success uh, with the, the Russian names there. No, man. and again, it's it's he's a talented player. You see what he does in the power play, and and I know like this is actually a conversation. I don't know if you were involved in it on on Twitter. Actually, this this came up um, about Kachev and how you know why hasn't he gotten a shot? He could be helping the power play. He could be top line. I I just disagree. Um, I, I I guess he could help the power play. I guess, but he's not an NHL player right now. And I don't think you can bring him up and play him in any meaningful role 
in the I NHL? disagree. I disagree. Okay. I, think he's an, I think he's an NHL player. And, you know, like they've been throwing, sprinkling everybody else out there in the first and second line. I know Trevor Moore has proved <clears> me wrong, but he didn't scream second or first line to me at all there. until this goes. Um, you know, Dano uh, has been pretty much been able to carry anybody you know, on that line, I'm, you know, probably including you and me for, for, for as well as he plays his 200 for a game. Uh, and I can't even skate backwards. So, uh, you know, I mean, Kachev wouldn't be too hard there and have an Arvidsson who will like to shoot Kachev likes to pass. Uh, not saying that he couldn't play up there, but I guess you know, who's coming but, out. My, my, but, my, my thing but, is uh, who's, who's coming out. So you, you, the, uh, I was answering from, could he, and sure. is he talented okay. enough to play up there? Yes. Do, are they going to put him above getting Kupari and, and Velarde and all these guys ice time? Are they going to take more out of that line and move him up to the first line and then put Ayafalo all the way back to the fourth line? Are they going to take, you know, these? So probably not. So, like, there is no room up there, but he could play. And I think he would do fine with guys like Deneau. I think he'd be fine on the first line with Kopitar plays more of that possession game. Uh, you know, Kachev's not the greatest skater, so his cerebral nature could help out and find Kempe in the slot and stuff. So I, I see like his talent would fit in that area, but there's no, there's no opening. So like you, we could debate this all we want, yeah, but there's yeah. no, there's no where to put him. I just, I, I guess we'll see what happens with him in the off season. If there's another team that gives him a shot, you know, I, he's still I, young I, enough. I hope so. I, I, he's a fun player. Like I, I want to watch him in the NHL. So I hope that, that some team gives him a look, but as much as you know, I a team that needs to get younger it. and cheaper would be the Sharks, <laughs> and they true. and they have a pretty they have a pretty good uh, um, core there, and you know, to he'd be young and cheap, and they could give him a shot, and their prospect pool isn't that great, so that could be a team that might take a stab at him um, as well. But that we're, we're creeping up here. Uh, they'll give you an idea of how NHL teams look at him, right? This yeah. offseason. We're creeping up here on an hour, so let's close this one out and, and get to our rain star of the week after we finish this game here. Um, in the third period, uh, Griffin's tie it back up. We move it to OT. Cameron Gantz with the game winner. Two goals in this game for Cameron Gantz there. Ward with another assist. Uh, quality two points uh, for the Ontario rain in this one. Yeah, and the the OT goal was one of those. It was a odd man rush. Shot goes up in the air, comes back down, Gantz. That's not a mini air. It was briefly reviewed, but it was, you know, very clearly under the crossbar. So heads up play by him. Nice to see the rain pick up two points. Very much so. Very much so. So let's get to it. Rain star of the week. I'll let you go first. Uh, so I don't beat you with this one, but go, you go ahead and uh, outside of TJ Tyne and who are you taking? I'm going to give it to the kid that's been playing on his line, Taylor Ward. Uh, he's got four assists in these three games. I think he's, he's, played a pretty solid game since he's been up. You know, they, they've pretty much given him a shot alongside Tynan on that line for for most of the time that he's been here with the rain. And uh, I think he's answered the bell. Four points in these three games. I, I, he's my he's my pick for this week's uh, rain star of the week. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy that got the overtime goal in two games. I'm going to go Cameron Gantz. Um, unsung hero. It was between him and Kachev for me. Uh, I had him. Yep. Uh, I mean, you picked my guy, so... Those are my honorable mentions there. And and Cameron Gantz, kind of an unsung hero of the team this year, not really talked about too much, um, you know, and so had a quality week uh, with a couple, got on the, you know, lit, lit the lamp twice. 
uh, in a quality situation and has, and has stepped up in the absence of the defensemen that have been pulled up in Mervoire and Strand and all these guys. And the, the rain are going to need it down the, need him down the mm-hmm. stretch uh, to play some meaningful minutes. So Cameron Gantz, rain star of the week. He is the veteran, the stalwart on that blue line right now. Um, so as you mentioned, they're going to need him. All right, man. So uh, let's go over the games to watch. As we said, we were recording this on Tuesday night, so you might be hearing this uh, while the San Jose game is going on Wednesday the 30th at 10 a.m. And then 10 a.m., by the way, 10 a.m. So get your coffee ready there. And then uh, Friday, Saturday against the Colorado Eagles. If you're looking to catch Brock Faber, uh, they play uh, the 7th of April at 7.30 Central. Uh, against Minnesota State, the number one overall or the number one seed uh, coming out of that that bracket, all the number one seed make it except for Minnesota. Minnesota beat Western Michigan three nothing to knock off the number one seed in their bracket. All the games are going to be played, I believe, on ESPN or ESPNU. So if you have standard cable, watch uh, watch a young prospect and Brock Faber try to hoist the cup in the Frozen Four. Absolutely, he's a fun one. So uh, as always, you guys can find us at. Hockey underscore royalty on Twitter here at the YouTube channel. Just search hockey royalty there. Thank you as always to our friends at DraftKings THPN. You can find all the articles pre post game uh, feature pieces at hockeyroyalty.com, where our gear is as well. If you're watching on YouTube, Joe Paterino marking the double sticks on his chest for the hockey royalty logo. Joe, where can they find you on the Twitskies? At JW Paterino. I'm at Randall Commando 24. Russell Morgan is going to be doing a lot of these more Twitter spaces. So we have a lot of fun in those. Uh, I had a little bit too much fun on Sunday, but uh, we, we're doing those every week, uh, going up to playoff time or every other week. Uh, and we'll be getting going here, getting all the Kings news out for you. It's going to be a fun time for the Kings and rain uh, as we steamroll into playoffs and then the off season. Uh, as always, go rain and go Kings go.